Open your Bibles to uh, Mark chapter 1. <clears throat> we're going to do, uh, do communion at the end this morning and just share that, kind of close off with that time together at the Lord's table. Mark chapter 1 and verse 40, and it says this, Holy Spirit, we invite you to open the scriptures to us as we read it. It says, a man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man and said, I am willing, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cured. And Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a, as a testimony to them. Now what's, what's happening here and where we're going to go today to get to communion is uh, maybe a little bit different. But what Jesus does here is really a lot bigger than it looks like. This is more than just, I mean, it is big. It's a healing. I get that. That's, that should be big. So let me take that back. It is big. But I think it's bigger than what we see on the outside. And what I mean is this. Here's how leprosy worked. Here's how... Here's how leprosy worked, and remember, it was tied into the whole Old Testament. So this has to do with the whole view of the Old Testament changing when Jesus shows up. In the Old Testament, you know, if you had something wrong with you, you were unclean. And so those that were unclean, what happened? They had to be isolated. They had to be, you know, quarantined in a way, you know. And part of that was just health issues. Part of that was God and His wisdom saying, hey, look... When someone's got the disease here, you've got to stick them by themselves or it's going to spread, germ spread. Before they knew what germs were, God was showing us some basic health ideas. But it was deeper than that, was the idea was in the Old Testament, the emphasis was on the power of uncleanness. In other words, the power of sin, the power of darkness, the power of everything evil was, was emphasized in some ways in the Old Testament, not to show that it was greater than God, but to show how great of a need that we had for him. And so the lepers, you know, in that time, what they would have to do is they would shout, um, unclean, 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 if someone was coming by, because they couldn't be touched by somebody else. You didn't want to touch them and have that disease passed on to you. And there was actually whole communities, they believed, where people who were outcasts in some ways because of what they had in their life. They were set aside and said, you can't be a part of the regular society. You, you are, you're over here. And if anybody else comes near to you, you've got to warn them that you're unclean. And so when Jesus comes, and first of all, when this man even comes to Jesus, 
He's taking a risk because he's not coming to Jesus first and saying unclean. He's saying, you can make me clean. He recognized something was, you know, the presence of God in Jesus, the power who Jesus is and was as he walked upon the earth. He was calling out for some of that because he knew there was no other way for it to change. That he was stuck in the situation that he was in. And here's the deal. In the Old Testament, what would happen is if something was unclean or you were unclean and, some, and you touch something that's unclean, you become unclean. Make sense? So in other words, the power was being emphasized on the unclean thing. So when Jesus comes and touches the man, he's showing that everything has changed. He's showing that it's no longer the same anymore, that it's not that when he touches something unclean, he becomes unclean himself. It's that when he touches something that's unclean, it becomes clean. Now, as I was reading, <clears throat> I've been reading through the Bible in 90 days. I didn't quite make it. Okay, this is day. <laughs> Only Narda made it. Okay, she's not here, so I'll just say that Narda Poe made it through the Bible in 90 days. Um, I'm going to work myself in maybe this afternoon and tonight and try to finish it tonight. So I'm almost done. I'm pretty far in the New Testament. Uh, Hebrews. I'm in Hebrews right now. So I've just got to go Hebrews to Revelation tonight. Okay? No big deal. Um, but as I was reading, you know, we've been reading through, some of us have been reading through the New Test or the whole Bible in, in large chunks. You know, when you read the Bible in large chunks, you don't stop at every verse and go, let me think about that for 10 minutes. Because, you know, the reality is I don't have that much time. I know I'm, you think I'm a pastor and all I do is preach on Sunday, and that's true. That's all I do all week. I just show up one day on Sunday and work. I know none of you really believe that. It's the big preacher joke. But, <clears throat> you know, we don't have the time to do that. So when you're reading the Bible in large chunks, you don't sit and contemplate. You're just getting the overall picture. But there was, when I was reading through Leviticus, how many of you have ever read Leviticus? Okay, it's not, it's not like the first one you go to and you're like, let me just read something. God, I just need to hear something from you. Let's go to Leviticus, right? You know? You usually go to Psalms, you go to the book of John, or you might go to Proverbs, you might go to, even go to Isaiah or something, or one of, you know, Galatians, Ephesians, all those, you know, all these different ones. It's not the first one you think of, but as I was reading through Leviticus, you know, there was something I, that I saw that really stuck out to me. And it's in chapter 6, so it ties into this whole idea of being clean and unclean. Because remember, the focus of the Old Testament was the power of the unclean thing. If you touched it, you're unclean. So in other words, the power was being emphasized of how powerful sin is. But it's not totally like that in the Old Testament. I want to show you that even before Jesus came, there was pictures of what Jesus would do, which is, of course, what communion is, when we remember what Jesus has done for us. Leviticus chapter 6. And verse 17, this is going through all the offerings. 
If you've ever read that section, it can get a little tedious. Let's not, let's not pretend it doesn't, okay? When you read through it, you go, okay, there's the guilt offering, the burned offering, the grain offering, the sin offering, the guilt offering, the fellowship offering, the drink offering. You know, as you're, and again, remember, when you're reading through the Bible in large chunks, you're reading cha- 15 chapters, okay? So you're offering up, okay? You, are, you have been offered up on the altar of reading, okay? And so it's in 17, it says this, though. This is about the grain offering. I'm not going to go into all the offerings and what they mean uh, this morning because I've never really studied that in depth. And it says this, it must not be baked with yeast. I have given it as their share of the offerings, talking about for the priests so they can eat, uh, made to me by fire. Like the sin offering and the guilt offering, it is most holy. What, What does holy mean? Set apart, totally clean, totally, totally set apart. It's kind of like the opposite of being set apart for being unclean. You realize that's what happened with those who were unclean? They got set apart in a negative way. They weren't, it wasn't because they were holy, it was set apart because they were unclean. In other words, there's something wrong with you. So you go over here with the people that there's something wrong with. But this is the other side. There is a good side of being set, set apart and being pulled away from a group and said, hey, here's where you belong. It says, any, in verse 18, any male descendant of Aaron may eat it. In other words, only the priest can eat this. It is a regular share of the offerings made to the Lord by fire for the generations to come. And here's what caught my attention. Whatever touches them will become holy. Whatever touches this offering becomes holy. Verse 24, the sin offering as well has this. It says, the Lord said to Moses, say to Aaron and his sons, these are the regulations for the sin offering. The sin offering is to be slaughtered before the Lord in the place the burnt offering is slaughtered. It is most holy. The priest who offers it shall eat it. It is to be eaten in a holy place in the courtyard of the tent of meeting. Whatever touches any of the flesh will become holy. And if any blood is splattered on the garment, you must wash it in a holy place. Did you notice the two things there that happen? It says anything that touches those things become holy. It doesn't say it's not emphasizing the power of uncleanness. It's emphasizing the power of cleanness and the holiness of God. Now, we're going somewhere with this, so just, just hang with me, okay? Can you all hang with me? So as I was reading that, I was like, man, that's a, that's a huge, that's huge. If you make the application to Jesus, and that's what Jesus was doing with the leper. Whatever Jesus touched was clean. Whatever Jesus touched was holy. It was now set apart for God. It was, there's a good set apart and a bad set apart. It was being set apart to become its own and what it was meant to be. Jesus is saying something changed. But it's in the Old Testament. It's, it's a picture of Jesus. Because you remember the sacrifices, all of them, they're just arrows. They're copies. They're, they're illustrations of what was going to come. This is going to happen in the future. It says that there's, you know, that the, the tabernacle and all that was just a, a copy of the real one in heaven. 
In other words, there's a reality of this stuff going on that's really there. And we're just getting a picture of it. But the picture here is, look, whatever touches this, this offering, it is changed into being holy. There's one more. I didn't notice this one as I was reading through, but I found it in studying this week. Exodus chapter 29. So if you want to turn there, turn to Exodus chapter 29. I don't know that I've ever preached from Leviticus 6, so that was the first time I've used that as well. <clears throat> Ronnie preaches from it all the time, but... <laughs> Exodus 29, verse 36 and 37. And I hope I'm getting across what, what the Lord is showing me. It's, it's really fresh, but I hope it's coming through clear. So Exodus 29, let me tell you what's going on here because there's a lot of stuff that's happened before this. This is when they're first setting up the tabernacle in the wilderness, okay? And they're, they're building it so it's mobile. And then they're, they're setting apart the priests. They're consecrating Aaron as the high priest and his sons for the work that they're going to do. And there's all kinds of things they do. They get them, you know, they got the right clothes on them. They got the... You know, the Urim and the Thummim, the piece, the breastplate that goes over Aaron's uh, chest. They, they anoint them with blood. Aren't you glad we use oil? <laughs> you know, they took the blood and put the blood on their, on their right ear, their right thumb and their right toe. You know, they had all this, you know, they sprinkled them with blood. There's a lot of blood going on, okay? So without blood, there's no forgiveness, it says in the scriptures. So there's all kinds of blood. Uh, there's there's all the preparations. They're set apart. It's kind of like they're you know they're ordained. This is their ordination. This is their their ordination service that's going on where they're saying, hey, this is who you are. This is this is who God has said you are. You're set apart for this. But here at the end, it talks about the altar. In uh, verse 36, it says this: sacrifice a bull each day as a sin offering to make atonement. Purify the altar by making atonement for it and anoint it to consecrate it. In other words, it's, it's set apart. For seven days, make atonement for the altar. So in other words, they're making sacrifices just for the altar itself. Make atonement for the altar and consecrate it. Then the altar will be most holy and whatever touches it will be holy. Whatever touches the altar will be holy. You know, it made me think of Isaiah 6. You know in Isaiah 6? You know the story where Isaiah sees God? And what does he say? What does he say when he sees God? Anybody remember? You can talk to me. Say it again. Right. Woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. What happens after that? Look at this, verse six. Let's just read it up here. Can you put it up here? Oh yeah, Corey can do it. <laughs> then one, it says, this is what happened after Isaiah says it. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs, where? From the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, see, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Get this picture. He's seen the real altar in heaven. And there is a coal that has touched the altar 
that is being taken from heaven and is being brought down to Isaiah's mouth, what is happening? His mouth becomes holy. Because whatever touches the altar becomes holy. And here's the deal. Even though the Old Testament, if you look at it from the broad picture, says sin is a big deal. Because it is. There is the picture of the greater truth that the holiness of God, the power of God, the cleanness of God is greater than any uncleanness. Because whatever comes from Him, from His altar, from His presence, what has been set apart, the offerings that He has made holy, what touches that becomes holy. Man, Isaiah's mouth was different from that point on. It was set apart. It was holy unto God. And see, when Jesus came, Bill Johnson says this, there's a big difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. He says, in the Old Testament, you touch something unclean, you become unclean. In the New Testament, you touch something unclean, it becomes clean. Because everything has changed once Jesus comes. When Jesus came... He was immediately operating in the new covenant. He wasn't waiting to die to have the picture of what it was meant to be like. In other words, this is the life of God. This is what it's meant to be. It's no longer, I don't have to be afraid of the unclean thing touching me and defiling me. No, now I have been set apart. I have been made holy. I have been touched by the one who has been on the altar of the cross. I've been touched by him. Who becomes holy? The one he touches. You're now clean because he's touched you. Made me think of that scripture, Romans 12. Let's turn there, Romans 12. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. I think you're beginning to get the picture here that the Lord was showing me. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve that God's will, what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Think about this. I was just thinking about this. That my life is a living sacrifice. That my life has been placed as a living sacrifice. What does that mean? What, what, where do you place a sacrifice? Say it again. I couldn't hear you. <laughs> On the altar. Are you getting this? This is good. This is cool. If I am a living sacrifice and I've been placed on God's altar, what becomes holy? What becomes clean? I'm clean. I'm holy. It's not because of me. It doesn't ma- it has nothing to do with the sacrifice. It has to do with the holiness and the power of God and the sacrifice of Jesus, it says, 
Whoever I touch becomes clean. Whoever I touch becomes holy. Here's the deal. Even today in our world, we have a small sense that things change when something's holy. We have a small sense. It's not a very big sense in our culture and maybe even in the church to a certain extent of something that's holy, that's set apart, that's for God. We, we don't, we don't kind of get that, but we get, it, we get some small glimpses of it. Have you ever heard someone say, hey, don't do that in church? Right? You know, if you cuss during the week, some of you probably cuss, right? Don't raise your hands now. <laughs> okay? You can stop. That's fine. It's, it's good to stop. You probably don't walk in this room and cuss, right? Because you're like, no, I'm in church. But see, see how that's a little glimpse of how things change. We change our actions and our attitudes when we think, when we think something's holy. When we, oh, it's set apart for something. You know, we do that when we, when we testify in court. What do we do? Left hand. You put your hand on what? The Holy Bible. Now, there's some people today that still doesn't, that doesn't mean anything to them. They'll lie on the stand all they want, right? But there's a sense in our culture, in our country of, hey, look, you lay your hand on something holy, the way you talk changes. What I say changes. I'm, I'm speaking the truth here. I don't want to lay my... There's people that, you know, hey, I don't want to lay my hand on the Bible and then go up and tell a lie. I swear to tell nothing but the truth, the whole the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help me God. Because we're seeing that there's something holy in God's Word. So there's small pictures of it, but think about this. Take it to the next level. I'm now holy. How does that change how I act in me? How does that change how I live? First of all, be encouraged. I'm clean. I should live like I'm clean. I should live like I'm the sacrifice. I've been touched by Jesus. If you've given your heart to Jesus, he said, I'm willing. Just like the leper came to Jesus and said, hey, do you want to do this? If you want to, Jesus, if it's your desire, you can make me clean. And what does Jesus say? He doesn't just say, okay, I'll do it. He doesn't just touch the guy. He says, I want to do this. I really want to do this. I will that you be clean. I will that you be holy. I will that you be set apart for me. And I'm going to demonstrate it and make it happen because when I touch you, you'll become clean. So we need to remember... As we take the bread today, we're remembering the sacrifice who's been on the real altar in heaven. And I'm not sure how all that works. You know, we don't need to, you don't need to figure out like Jesus on the cross, how that play out in heaven. It's like, we don't know how that all worked. We just know that Jesus says, hey, when I'm, when I'm dying on the cross, it's going to be for the sin of the world. But I believe that part of what communion is, 
It's kind of like a fresh touch from God. It's kind of like a fresh touch from Jesus. And where he says, hey, remember, I've touched you. Remember, I've touched you. You're clean. You're holy. You're set apart. And that changes how I live. Because I, if, I, if I realize, hey, this is holy, I don't have to try to not do stuff. I recognize, hey, there's a holiness. There's, a, there's, a, there's something of reverence here because God's presence is dwelling here. God has made me clean. And so, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to talk different. I'm not going to say certain things because I am in the presence of holiness. His holiness in me. Worship team, come on up. Didn't say it'd be a long message. <laughs> Doesn't have to be long to get the point, amen? <clears throat> so in my life, I still see things, though, that are unclean, right? I still see things that are not, not the way they should be. And so the invitation of the Lord's table to come to remember Jesus is to come also have a fresh invitation of God touching that area of my life. It's not that I have to make up for it. I don't have to make up for what I've done. I just need Jesus to come and say, hey, let me lay my hand on that. I'm the sacrifice on the altar. I am the Savior of the world. I am the one with all power and authority. Let me touch you there. Let me change that. Let me bring healing in that area. Let me make that clean. We need to realize in our lives as believers that sin does not have the power over us. Sin does not have power over us. You know, the Old Testament was saying, hey, look, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. But there's the picture and the glimpse of what was coming. Notice when Jesus came, he wasn't so concerned about sin. I'm not saying he doesn't care, he doesn't think it's bad. He just knew he was taking care of it. He says, look, I'm here to conquer this thing. Let's not make it bigger than it is. Let's realize that I am greater than those things. And that when I touch your life... That you're going to be clean, that you're going to be holy, that you're going to be set apart. That's going to change how you live because you're going to realize, I'm clean, I'm holy, I am set apart for a purpose for God. I have been chosen by Him. I am a special child of God. So, as we come to remember Aren't you glad that He touched you? Aren't you glad that He touched you? I'm glad He touched me. I'm glad He touched my life. I'm glad He was willing. I came to Him and said, God, if you want to, if you want to, you can forgive me. You can free me. You can change me. You can save me. And the cross that we remember through the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus brings us to reminder that God's answer is always, yes, 
I will. I want to. I wanted to die for you. I didn't just do it. Just like, I, man, I have to do this to save these people. No, he wanted to. The picture of Jesus with a leper is the picture of Jesus on the cross. I will be clean. Be clean. Be free. Be different. Be new. So I don't know where you're at today. I don't know if you're just saying, man, that was encouraging. I want a fresh revelation of the touch of God in my life. And like Isaiah, we're just getting a picture of what's really happening in the spiritual realm. There's been coals taken off the altar that have touched my mouth. So God, my mouth is set apart for you. Jesus has touched my hands with the holes in his wrists and said, you're mine. My hands are set apart for him. He's laid his hands on my head and said, you're my son. You're my daughter. I'm well pleased with you. My mind is set apart for him. My mind is holy for him. He's touched our hearts, our souls and said, be clean. Be free. So I have the ushers come on up. We're just going to pass out the elements here. Just go ahead and pass them both out. Um, we'll just hand them both out. And let's just let's just kind of let the, the Holy Spirit minister to us. They're going to sing Amazing Grace. It's a song we all know. But as we come to the table, let's remember... And let's invite God to have a fresh touch on our life and know that He's saying, I want to. And that area will be set apart for Him in your life. Freshly done to Him. So worship team, go ahead and lead us.
says when Jesus the moment Jesus died the moment he breathed his last breath it says that the temple the curtain of the temple was torn at that very moment from top to bottom chorus top symbolizing that it was God who was the one doing the tearing and the symbolism of the open curtain was that was the place the holiest of the holiest places that was where the presence of God was the Ark of the Covenant and I do believe that the curtain was open to let us in But I thought of it this way as I was looking at it from this perspective. In other words, from God's perspective, it wasn't to let us in, so to speak, but to let who He was, His holiness, His cleanness, His goodness, His power, His love, out to everyone. Because it wasn't so much that it was hard for us to get in, it was just not time for it to be released to the earth. So as we take communion, we're remembering it's been open to us. My life is holy. My mouth is holy. My mind is holy. My thoughts are holy. They are set apart for God. They have been touched by God. And Jesus, we come to you remembering and we are thankful, God. We are thankful that you are willing and you were not just willing, you had the power to do something about what you wanted to do. That you said, be clean. And so we thank you. God, and we just pray any area of our lives that seems like it's not holy, we invite you to touch us freshly with your touch. Make us clean, God. Make us clean. Make us holy. We worship you this morning. We worship you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just take it together. Why don't we stand up and can we sing the last two verses? The Lord has promised and then we've been there. Let's just stand and close and just worshiping and thanking the Lord for that this morning.
Just begin to thank Him on your own. Just begin to continue to play there for Him. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. We worship you this morning, oh God. Oh, we're so thankful. We're so thankful. We're so thankful. We thank you right now, Holy Spirit, that you're the hand of God. You're the one that comes down and touches us. So we just invite you, Holy Spirit, come and touch our lives. Come and touch our our hearts, Lord. Come and touch those areas that we need to be touched by. Lord, those areas that we've hidden from you, those areas we hide in, those broken areas, Lord, those embarrassing, Lord, those things that we're maybe ashamed of. Holy Spirit, come and touch. Come and heal. Come and make clean. Come and make holy in our lives right now. We thank you that you're willing. Thank you for touching us this morning. Thank you, Lord, for a fresh communion with you, Lord, that we can have fellowship with you around your table. Thank you that you've invited us to your table, Lord. We have a place. We've got a place at God's table. We have a place in his house. We have a place in his family. We have a place in his kingdom. We have a place in his heart, most of all. We're thankful. You are so good. The Lord has promised. You have promised good to us. And your word secures that hope, Lord. And so we choose to continue to trust you, continue to look to you, to continue to walk as holy. Lord, let us let us live differently. Lord, I want to I wanna talk differently when I realize that my mouth is holy. My mouth is holy. I don't need to place my hand on a Bible. I don't need to be in a church building. I don't need to be in a worship service. I am holy. I am set apart for you. I have been touched by Jesus. Whatever has been touched by Him is clean, is holy. I've been set apart by Him. Let my feet be holy where I walk is holy, God. And thank you that you have commissioned us to say, as the Father sent me, now I'm sending you. You go out and touch people. You go out and make them clean. You go out and pray and see cleanness come into their life to see wholeness come into their life where they're broken to see power come into their life when they're weak you go as the father has sent me i am sending you whoever you touched will be touched by me thank you lord for that promise lord we thank you for that word and encouragement to us let us go forth in that in jesus name amen Amen. Thank you, Lord.